Welcome back to Slice and Dice Podcast, we think number 23. Yeah, it's, we admit <clears throat> we, we took a, a podcast off, so we're kind of trying to do the mental math. Yeah, it's, it's been, been a month. It's been a while, yeah, it's been since uh, since Captain America. But the uh, the official start of the summer season is upon us. Um, Even that's... though it feels a little weird because Captain already coming out. Because yeah, Captain was definitely a movie that could have plugged in as well, a I great mean, summer if, movie. If you think... You know, if you think along as Captain America, Divergent, I mean, yeah. March is becoming, March and April are both becoming just as relevant for blockbusters, it seems, as the, as the summer, but for some reason, the uh, traditionalists like to look at the, that first of May as the official start of the summer God, season. It was just like three or four years ago, I think they used to wait at least until Memorial Day. It, yeah. Summer season technically wasn't until Memorial Day. Yep. Yeah, for but, movies too. Yeah, but. No, but maybe it's a good thing. I mean, maybe maybe we we get more blockbuster flicks as a result of pushing it back and stuff. Or it could be In a bad theory. thing. <laughs> it could be a bad thing, leading us into into uh, the fact that we're going to talk about the amazing Spider-Man Two today, which we may I have loved. That, <laughs> I use that term a little lightly, but we'll get around to that. Uh, but it, it, this is a very uh, Blockbuster-centric podcast. Zack Snyder is going to uh, helm the Justice League movie. Discuss. Well, I mean, that's a... And I don't have a pen. That's a great thing if people are happy with what Zack Snyder's done thus far to the DC Universe. And and with Zack Snyder's portfolio, period. I personally love The Watchmen. I think think you have to look at his portfolio because all he's done with the DC Universe is uh, Man of Steel. Right. Well, and technically Watchmen, right? Isn't Watchmen? Well, all right. We're we're, we're not talking... That falls under DC. Yeah, Yeah, but... Yeah. But, yeah, you're right. Different, I, I, different for, animal. For true Apples com- and oranges. For, for the, what you would consider the true comic book Correct. canon. Correct. Man of Steel. But then you have to look at the other Zack Snyder films. And, yeah, I... I like 300. Yeah. I liked Watchmen. And I love Sucker Punch, even though it's a guilty pleasure film. And, and I will... Yeah, I do acknowledge that... For those that are haters, I, I, I kind of get that it's basically a video game... Well, let me rephrase it. It's basically a whole bunch of little, like, odd action sequences. That's more of a movie that's visual than anything else. But right. but I dig it enough. I don't know, dude. I'll find one. I'll find one at the pause. But I, I find it fascinating, though, that with all the build-up, it's Zack Snyder that... Giving us a, a Justice League movie is going to land on because Man of Steel wasn't the huge runaway success they were hoping for. Well, that, that may just be a result of Superman's not. He, Superman has his following, but he's not like a Batman and that stuff. There's just not. Granted, the audience isn't as big there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I liked Man of Steel. I didn't love Man of Steel. There's certainly. Uh, a tale of two movies there, and then and it was just sort of just all over the place and chaotic in the end. Right. And that is that's a little bit of, of what Zack Snyder is. It's sort of like he just sort of vomits these action sequences mm-hmm. with with no rhyme or reason. He did it with a lot of times in Sucker Punch. Uh, he did it at moments with Watchmen. He certainly did it with Three Hundred. But uh, yeah, I, 
Joss Whedon can't do everything, I guess. Well, and, and <laughs> there is that. And, and you know, for fans that have wanted a Justice League movie, well, you're, you're going to get one. But the question is, are you going to get a Justice League movie or are you going to get their shot at the bow of the Avengers? Uh, because those are two different things. Everything still feels very much like a reaction a reaction to... They're trying Marvel. to keep up with the Joneses. Yeah. They're basically chasing Marvel here. Yeah. And I don't know that that's the approach to take. It, everything feels... As long as this is taken for them to finally make the decision to do it, now it feels rushed. Like, yeah. okay, we made the announcement that we got to get the director in place, we got to get this, and then all these rumors come around about who could play this person, that person. Well, the thing was, before we got to the Avengers, we, we, we got to know who... Iron Man was. We got yep. to know who Thor was. We got to know. We got to know all these characters on an individual, more intimate basis before they were grouped up. In this, we have essentially Superman. Mm -hmm. We're going. We have to take Ben Affleck as a new Batman. We can't. Oh, we no, can't I, take the Nolan. This feels stuff very here. much like a rebooted Batman. And, and how much? How much? Of, of the actual Batman are we going to get? How much of the Bruce Wayne and Batman are we going to get when it's lumped into a Superman flick? You, you, you know? Yeah. And I'm not saying we need to, to get back into origins of Batman or anything like that. But I think we need to we need to get used to Affleck in the yep. cowl. We need we need to know what he's going to bring to the table. They need to, at least for, for a few of the major characters in Justice League, we need to get comfortable with who they've got and what the tone of that current iteration of the character is. And the only way to do that justice is to give us a one-off of that person. It's bullshit that they can't put something together for Wonder Woman, but all we're going to get for her is whatever we get from her in, in Batman Superman. Yeah. Nothing Which, else. Because you know, they're waiting for the right script. Well, bullshit, you're waiting for the right script. You just don't think you're going to make any money off right. Wonder Woman. They don't so. know how, they, they don't have a clue of how to do it and make it work. Oh. Even though, to me, if you just had a halfway decent writer, Wonder Woman's almost a slam dunk in my mind. Uh, I think so, too. But... They just don't have a clue how to do it. No. Shockingly, if they'd gone and chased a certain now well-known well, director, he, they he probably would have had a they fucking turned him hit. Down. Could you imagine what this entire cinematic, what the superhero genre would be in movies right now Dude, if, if they had gone the with... the ultimate Queen misstep. For DC, certainly. It, it, but would Marvel be what it was? It no, I don't think the Avengers would necessarily have been the runaway success. No, I'm not going to go out on a limb and say the Avengers wouldn't have been a hit because we were already working in that direction. And with the success of how well Iron Man went over and Thor mm -hmm. and Cat, well, which we had nothing to do with. Exactly, that's my point. Then we already had the groundwork there. Mm -hmm. Now, what was where Whedon came into play is all of a sudden he got the Hulk right. People, yeah. they, they he gave, got the comic book movie right, it, and everything just fit mm -hmm. because of what Whedon did. People weren't going to see the Avengers once. There were people that saw it three times the first week. Yeah, they they got the movie they wanted, and that was DC's fuck up. They could have had that in a Wonder Woman movie. And I don't know that Wonder Woman would have been a movie people see three times. No. But it guarantee it would have been a very well done female fronted action movie. Absolutely. 
Um, and if DC, if you think that people prior to this whole Marvel cinematic thing weren't real familiar with the Iron Mans and the Thors of the world, wait till the, wait till DC tries to just throw up Cyborg, Cyborg. and Hawkman yep. or whatever it is in their thing. Talk about, you know, C-listers that nobody knows a damn thing about, unless you're DC fanboy. And I would wager the guess there's a lot less DC fanboy out there than there is Marvel fanboy. I would totally agree. Um, you know, I, but to the original point, I don't necessarily think Zack Snyder's the wrong guy for this. No. I, I just think that there's a lot of, of strings being pulled at the studio level that that Zack Snyder has to... Maneuver mm-hmm. um, that, I, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure he's going to be able to do it because it, it, this is just about the. Bean that's counts. an interesting idea. In my mind, you're right. This is not some director's dream job. This is something where you're going. I hope it's a hit, but there's just too much at stake, and DC really doesn't have the best record right now. For doing their own movies, other than other than the Dark Knight series, which of course we, we and we've we've certainly really not DC. Four, well, that was that's a Christopher Nolan. Well, right they they let Nolan because he's Christopher Nolan. They let him do his own thing. But I think throughout that whole thing, when you go all the way back to Batman Begins in oh eight or whatever mm-hmm. it was. I don't know that anybody saw this whole Avengers no. thing. If they did, it was from a long way away, and they're like, yeah, whatever, they're doing this. Yeah, Christopher Nolan, we can sign him up for a trilogy, it's great. And meanwhile, Marvel's just doing their thing and doing their thing and getting bigger and bigger and better and better. Now, all of a sudden, DC has to react. Yep. And they're just, it's not set up. The only thing set up at this point is Superman. Mm-hmm. That's it. And that... Was okay. Yeah. Yeah, but I'll say this for the Superman movie. In my mind, Superman, as much as it's... It and Batman are clearly the most recognizable logos in comics. The fact of the matter is, Superman's a tough sell. Because I don't know, other than Supermanites, I guess... Superman Ike. There aren't that many people that are fascinated by a dude that really only has one weakness. There's only so much you can do with the character. There's really no struggle here. Yeah. And so I, I do understand that Man of Steel, it was what it was. Now it did suffer from Zack Snyderism, certainly. But there's also as much of it that was just, it's a Superman movie. So right. all you can do is show Dude just flying through buildings, pushing some... And unfortunately, what's worse than Superman, really two Superman, Which is what we had with Zod. Right. So you're just pushing each other through buildings for 45 fucking minutes. Right. That's what you got. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it, I'm, I'm excited yeah, I'm excited. That but there's going to be a Justice League movie. I just wish yeah. there was more build-up to getting there. Right. Or more groundwork. Maybe that's a better way to Because it doesn't sound to me like there's any plan outside of the Superman-Batman movie. Not that I've heard, no. no. Oh, well. There's another big uh, big franchise I think might do okay. It's called Star Wars. I suspect that... You may have heard it. A little indie darling. Yeah. Called I, I, Star Wars. I, I suspect that movie... 
It might cover budget when it finally rolls out. <laughs> and that budget's going to be pretty extensive. Yeah, oh god, yeah. Um, they've they've made the initial casting uh, announcements. Uh, some some uh, some people are on their little soapbox, or, uh, which is ridiculous. did you ever get around to the article? I did. Oh, okay. You didn't the other day when I t- when I mentioned it. Right, because you, you hadn't had a chance to get online. Well, that was two days ago. I know. <laughs> Um, I, I knew we were going to discuss it here, so... <laughs> Alright. Uh, well, your, your initial thoughts on the casting. And the casting, of course, we knew about the original three. We knew about... <laughs> no, we, we didn't. They were, uh, they'd never been verified. <laughs> we, uh, we knew about Kenny Baker and Anthony Daniels. Yeah, and, Peter uh, Mayhew. Mayhew. We knew all that. Um, so the new announcements, we've got some pretty much virtually unknown... Uh, girl daisy ridley yeah and it sounds like she's a a british chick done some, who's done like four little tv, TV things shows over in, yeah pretty much we're talking a straight up unknown here and then john boyega who the only way the only thing i know him from was attack the but, block yeah he, he was the black kid in attack I'm, the block i'm fine with the, the black isn't there a lot of black kids in attack yeah the block? that's i just don't know <laughs> you didn't like that as with, much as uh, no i, I thought, thought that movie to be just awful for, for the budget and all that stuff ah, whatever it was fine um, so those are, uh, those are supposedly like the two new principal leads of this, uh, mm-hmm. of this thing. There was also a, a younger dude, wasn't there? Well, Adam Driver is in the well, mix not, here. No, I said, yeah, I thought there was a younger white kid, like 20, uh, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Don't know. I heard Adam Driver from Girls. Uh-huh. Oscar Isaac is in the mix here. Uh-huh. Or both from Lewin Davis. Yes. Yes. Adam Driver is going to... Outer, Outer space, space. <laughs> <laughs> which is awesome. Um, who else? There was one other. I thought there was one other. Uh... Max von Sydow. Oh, that's right, Max. Von which Sydow. you got to believe he was cast to probably be... not a big role. No, uh, more likely he's going to be the Grand Moff Tarkin type. In that's this. that's what I would think. Yeah. Because I mean, unless they're going to, well, I mean, I suppose in theory he could be some. From Je- some Jedi dude, but if you go where the, we're at now, you can't. It would be a stretch that that would be the way they'd go. It'd more likely it'd be somebody Imperial. Oh, and uh, Andy Circus will right. will be stop motion capturing something. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, I I, I know he's Caesar, done some there be, Maybe there will be gratuitous future monkey jumping <laughs> in Star Wars. He'll be playing the rest of the Chewbacca clan. Right, right, right. Well, as far as I'm concerned, you know, Daisy Ridley aside, I don't know much enough about her. I think this is pretty solid casting. Well, and granted, we don't we don't know yet exactly what. Roles yeah. these people are going right. to play, but you can kind of. I have yeah. some confidence in the people that they've brought on. I agree. Oscar Isaac is is completely He's underrated. Great. Yeah, um, Circus will do what he does. Adam Driver, I think, is also pretty underrated. I've He's, only seen him in the one role. I've so. seen him in a few things, um, and I, I think he's great. Yeah, and Boyega and, and Ridley, who are, are more unknown. Yeah, whatever. Give him a shot. Everybody else was unknown when they came into the into Star Wars mm-hmm. in the beginning. Um, this, I'm all for that. This feels more like the way they did the casting when, and uh, granted, I was way younger when they cast Star Wars. But you and I talked about this, this feels way more the approach that Lucas took when he cast Star Wars, mm-hmm. where he didn't really want names that were bigger than the movies itself, yep. and, and let 
and unfortunately, the prequels didn't go that route because all other than Jake Lloyd, we had people that were really well known already right. across the board, and that to a certain extent may have blown up in their face. Of course, also George Lucas kind of right. put his stamp on there, but. Yeah, I, I'm fine with the casting, uh, considering at this point we don't really know who anybody is, and we got a long way to get there. Well, now, internet is all a flutter, because, well, uh, not all internet, you know, the, the typical f- bomb throwers out there that get on their soapboxes and out there complaining that that uh, it's a travesty because there's not enough women that were cast in this, and... Uh, well, they're right because we've heard the entire cast list already. Well, right, exactly. You, you just you know that the two new principles. You know that this is a a, a movie that is passing the torch mm-hmm. by all means. Okay, and it's pretty much been presumed that a woman and a black kid are going to take this franchise into the future. Yep. What's the problem? That there weren't 18 women. To do what? To do what exactly? You already have Carrie Fisher in there as Princess Leia. Right. And you've got now Daisy Ridley. She's there for the eye candy. Just (laughs) stop it. And you have Daisy Ridley in there now as one of the two, uh, you know, protagonists that's going to take this into the future. Where else did you need more women? I I don't know what people's argument is here. I really... you know, and, and and I'm reading some of these freaking these these soapbox freaking leftist freak shows that are out there on the internet that are that are up there ranting and raving because there's no no more female presence in this. I, we don't know what these roles are yet. We don't know how many more people they're going to bring in. I, I don't know what you're right. You're you're ranting based on speculation for a movie that'll be out in a year and a half. Yeah. In a script that nobody other than the immediate cast has even started discussing yet. it's they, I don't have any clue what people hope to gain here. And for now, you know what? Maybe in their mind they're right because there was only one new female announced. But I'm fairly certain that when this movie rolls out, there'll be a few more females in that cast. Right. It's just... The only announcements we've gotten are people that have IMDb pages. Right. I guarantee there are more casts. There's more cast that's been signed. Sure. It's just there are people you don't know. Nobody knows. We do attack the block, kid. Right. And apparently, and again, we said that that the the girl who you got the name down, Daisy I have no Ridley. clue, has an IMDb page. It sounds like she's been at least one full season of a show in England. So it's there. If they hi- if they cast an unknown, hey, we've just signed Sheila Ward. Great. What's that mean? Or worse, somebody will come out and say, oh, great, so you just announced who's playing Stormtrooper number 83. Right. And so they can't win in this situation. It's, it's the most utterly ridiculous argument until you see the movie. And even if you see it, if it turns out that there's... Maybe a ratio of two guys for every woman. What difference does it make? Right. At, at what what are you, what is statement do you believe they're trying to make? Because I would say what they've done is they've given you a Star Wars movie, period. Right. And you're t- you're looking right. you're, at the wrong goddamn things. You're reading way too much into this. But some of these people are are making this casting news of eleven people, and let's not even say it's eleven people because half of those damn people we already knew were there, and they don't even count. The, the original three and two droids and a fucking Wookiee. 
and, and they're saying, oh, and there's only one woman. And they're making this to be some sort of indictment on society that in the year 2014, we should know better. And, and, and there's equality for all. You're not fans. You're just soapbox right. agenda. F- f- you know who should be angry? The Inuits. There's not an Inuit in Star Wars yet. <laughs> no and God damn it, there wasn't one announced. So I, I, I'm standing for the Inuits right now. We need more Eskimos in these movies. God damn it. We need more. Uh, w- let's find another race that hasn't been represented. Yeah. We need more transgenders in these movies. Uh, you know, it, it, you're not that far off here. I, I, I'm not. It, it, I, it to I, me is the re- a ridiculous argument, but it is the argument they're Star making. Star Wars movie, for fuck's sake. And it, it, everybody wants to look at, well, I'm not being represented right. <sighs> well, you know what? Go watch a goddamn Star Wars movie. It's just a Star Wars movie. Well, and that's, that's the point. You're not being represented right? Okay, go... Okay, in the in the U.S. House of Representatives, there you have an argument. Mm-hmm. Okay, in the Star Wars movie, shut the fuck up. Just stop it. Here's where I will say they have the right to argue. If they roll out a character they say is Han Solo's daughter, and it's played by a Chinese dude, now you can argue. <laughs> Now you can say maybe that role would have been better served to be cast with a female in the spot. Until that point, I don't want to hear it. Because you don't know what these roles are. You don't even know who else is cast. It's a totally specious specious argument. It has no value. I need to stop reading internet. Internet just annoys me. it's, It's one thing to say it, but the fact of the matter is... The sites we go to, you're going to stumble on that kind of bullshit. I try to avoid it. I mean, I I found myself narrowing down my focus on who I will read and who I won't read out there. But it's just just irritating because these aren't fans of these movies. These are just, like I said, they're just agenda-driven people that... You know, when they're not writing their bullshit on the internet, they're occupying some part somewhere. Because so their needs aren't getting met. Right. Fuck them. Um, we didn't really have any other news. Did you have anything? Did you hear Ben Affleck got uh, banned from playing blackjack at the Hard Rock Casino? No. I guess yeah, he got caught counting cards. Really? <laughs> Look at Affleck. is at a high rollers table, apparently, at the Hard Rock Cafe in Ve- or Hard Rock Casino in Vegas. And apparently he was doing well. And they... Uh, they asked him to step away from the table, and they banned him from play. They didn't ban him from the casino because, well, you know, he's he's Ben Affleck, right? So that, we can't that's tough. we can't have that press and that stuff. Mister Affleck is still welcome in our casino, but we've we've uh, we've revoked his privileges to play blackjack. Anybody else you'd have found counting cards, you'd have had him fucking arrested, much less anything. And then, but since their kneecaps Affleck, would be broken yeah, on the way out. Exactly. <laughs> So, yeah, he, he gets uh, the Affleck privilege there. But I just thought it was funny that Affleck felt the necessity to freaking count cards to, <sighs> to gain an advantage at the high rollers table. <sighs> it was interesting. I hadn't heard that. I am happy we found the E.T. cartridges, though, in New Mexico. So we got that. Well, I, I didn't read or hear anything about that. That's funny, though. I E.T. the video game? I, I think it's funny that Atari felt... I mean, and again, I, I there were a few games that they supposedly buried that was so wretched, they said, let's just 
dig a hole and well, dump them and hope they disappear. Since they pulled out that stuff out, we now have a place to store all the Amazing Spider-Man 2 Blu-rays. <laughs> Spoiler for our review. Spoiler. <laughs> Foreshadowing. <laughs> Alright, let's pause then real quick. We'll come back with some what we watched. So, one of the things that you get when, when we don't podcast for a month is we see lots of flicks. Yeah, we, it's not that we haven't gone to the theater. It's just that when we've gone to the theater, we've been like, eh, these don't really feel like a podcast kind of movie. Right. And plus, we passed Buffalo Wild Wings on the way home, and we're like, no, yeah, we didn't. Well, well the problem, yeah, the problem is we didn't pass Buffalo Wild Wings. We plopped our asses down at Buffalo Wild That's Wings. That's true. It, it was it was it, premeditated that we would literally find ourselves saying, you know, we could get together and podcast, week. or <laughs> we could go talk about the movie of Buffalo Wild Wings with a few beverages. Right, that always won. Yeah, typically. Um, so horror in April. Yeah, it, but the question is, is this movie out anymore? It is. There's a couple right. couple showings. Because I know it's not in the top ten anymore. No. No. It, yeah, we it, wouldn't think it would be. We saw Oculus. We did. Which, the trailer for Oculus looked like this could be a halfway decent movie. It was even late. You, you linked it on the site. Yes, I did. See? I, did. I know that. <laughs> um, and I've never made it secret that I'm not a big fan of horror in April. No, it seems like a very love horror. I also understand that you can't throw every single horror movie that comes out in the course of a year into October. Let's throw out more than one, though. Yeah. And here's an idea. And also, or if you're going to throw out two, we don't need to count paranormal anymore. And it's not a knock against paranormal. It's just saying if you tell me that every October you're going to roll out a new movie. Of a certain series, I know they didn't last year, but before that they did. That doesn't count anymore. If every year you're rolling out Saw number eighty three, then I don't. You can't count but Saw it, anymore. But at least they get the fact that they should be rolling out then. Right. <laughs> I, I'll give them some some credits <laughs> for thinking ahead. That's when I want to see my horror flicks. Yeah. The two weeks leading up to. It, I'll tell you, if John Carpenter's Halloween comes to the big screen again this year... It, oh, we're it, going. we got to go see yeah, that. Because that one I never saw in the uh, I in never the did fair. either. I saw that first on HBO. I didn't either. Um, so, anyway, Oculus. Oculus. <laughs> um, you know, and, and from the trailers, it looked like it, looked like it at least was going to be along the, those lines of, of some of the more recent stuff that we, we thought was decent. Yep. You know, some of the James Wan stuff. Insidious. I like Insidious. Mm -hmm. Didn't hate Insidious too. No, it, uh, the Conjuring. I like the way Insidious Two tied things together. It, in the did, first. it was a well written, yeah. just not necessarily enough there. Yeah. The Conjuring had its moments. Yes, uh, Sinister had its moments. So yep. there's been some good horror out there. Um, then you got, then you bring in Oculus, which sort of felt like it should have had nice. That was horrific too. Um, had that 
tone of this this new era of horror. And it certainly started out like it should. Sure. I like the way it started out, and then it just sort of got... You know the problem with Oculus? It's not scary. Well, that is a problem. (laughs) It's really not scary, and it almost unravels in it because of its own depth of story. Right. And as much as they, they give you this really cool idea... One of the interesting things that Oculus does is it pitches the idea that you have this event, this this mirror in a house, the mirror is haunted, kids see it, and almost like Stephen King's It, something happens, the kids uh, start split up, they make a pact to come back as an adult and deal with the mirror. And so the, the, the sister spends her, her entire year, or early adult years, finding where this mirror is. Yep. Well, the the boy is because she asylum. just happens to work for an auction, right? House. <laughs> right. Um, and, and, and now I'll say that maybe their thought that was supposed to was uh, we'd add up and say maybe she decided she had to work for an auction house so she yeah, could track the mirror down. Perhaps. But I don't know if there are that many auction house jobs. Uh, this is not a booming industry. Auction. I, I don't. I don't know. Um, but so we fast forward, and now the kids are being brought back to deal with. Well, he, and, he's been in an asylum because right. because of the things the mirror, you know, quote unquote, made him do, mm-hmm. or at least made it look like he did back when he was eleven. I think he's been institutionalized um, for the last what ten years. Yep, and, and, and he's, he's let out twenty one and. As soon as he gets out, sis is all happy to see hey, him. Hey, glad to see you. Come on, let's, let's go, go back and Let's go deal with this mirror that you've been in an asylum. It's hard to say didn't happen. Yeah, I don't think she's good for his therapy. No, she's she pretty much <laughs> unraveled everything. Yeah. All years of therapy went out the window in one night. But he went with her. He did. Begrudgingly, and, but went with her. And they did a masterful job of the, the sister setting up the protections. Because they had a great idea around the mirror. Right. That basically its defense mechanism was... It would plant ideas in people's minds mm. that would suddenly make them forget that they were going to destroy the mirror. They do things just so totally subconsciously, just as a defense mechanism. They'd all of a sudden realize, shit, I'm going to go deal with this, but I'm thirsty. And they go into the kitchen and get something. And then they keep finding ways to railroad them. Yeah. And so I mean, she lays out this great thing of all the research she did and all the people that died and 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 and, and it, it did a really good job early on of bouncing. It would cut from the little kids and what they're doing and kind of, no pun intended, mirroring the events and bouncing back and forth. Unfortunately, as soon as they start dealing with the mirror, that movie fell apart. It just yeah. started to unravel. Yeah. It, it, it didn't give you any scary. You, you kept looking at it going... Well, why wouldn't they just, if you knew it had the defense mechanism, you have a gun, why wouldn't you just go stand 50 feet outside the building? The mirror is facing a mirror, a window anyway. Right. Shoot the fucking mirror. Because they, they already show that it had a frame or, or had a, a radius of, of uh, not intelligence, of basically control right. that it could do because it would just, it would... Uh, Kill all the all the life around it. It killed dogs. Right. It killed plants. It just sucked the life out of them. Just hire a sniper from and 100 yards away and take the, away the, and take thing, the out. thing out. End of story. But no, they're going to deal with it face-to-face, That'd even though the short... girl knew the problem with doing it. Right. It, it, just, in that, it just unraveled. This movie could have been good. And I do understand why there are people that liked it. 
But yeah. I just found myself thinking, holy God, the build-up, the first third of this movie... Was good. Ten times better than what, yeah. than what you got in the second third. Or third third. And, you third, know, the... Third. The, the, yeah. The, the, the big part for me, it's a horror movie. And, and what, what should there be there to make a horror movie good? Horror? Horror. <laughs> Some kind of there scare? Was, there was nothing... No. So now, I appreciate the fact that they didn't, uh, you know, patronize me with stupid cat out of oh, fireplace yeah, no. jump scares and stuff. They they didn't really do that, which I appreciated that, because that's just cheap, meaningless horror. Mm-hmm. But they there was really nothing in no. this movie that, you know, that I'm, that scares you. Yeah, it, it really was, it, it had potential and just fell apart, completely yeah. fell apart. I agree. It ended up. Uh, I think. Shit. I can't. I can't really do much more than about a one and a half. Yeah, and that's why I'm going to land on a one and a half. And, and it's frustrating because if they kept on from what the first third gave you, that could have easily landed as a three and a half level film. It yeah. just. It didn't deliver. Well, I saw a flick just last night, actually, called Blue Ruin. You hunt? No. Target shooting mostly. Mountain biking. What do you need this for? Rather not. Oh, no, no, no. Hey, my man, less I know the better. What do you need out of the gun? At range? Close quarters? Close up or far away? Oh, close up, probably. I don't know. Hopefully not at all. Roger that. Um, Let's see what we got. Enfield Mark III, Circuit Judge. Mosin, my current personal favorite. Both action, heavy. Plus surplus ammo is cheap. How much do you weigh? I don't know. Right, uh, I picked this up this year. Shoots its own 9mm cartridge. But you gotta load it slide back with the strip. Nothing that's special to you, just whatever's the least expensive. Alright. Here. May 14, gun show, no papers, it's carbine, it just means it's short, semi-auto, fires every time you pull the trigger, 20 rounds, very reliable, and I got extra ammo, you recognize it, dun, 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 dun. it's 18 gun, man. I'm not even familiar with this one, um, came out of the festival circuit over the last year, I think it's still sort of wafting around the festival circuit. Um, I think maybe some limited release uh, in major markets over the last uh, few weeks or so. Um, I can't even. I couldn't even tell you who's in it off the top of my head because there's there's nobody in it. I think that. Uh, uh, well, I can tell you one guy that's in it, and I don't know his name, but he was one of the. Uh, he was the guy who played uh, uh, Macaulay Culkin's older dickhead brother in Home Alone. Buzz, <laughs> and who grew up to be one of those two dipshit uh, redneck brothers in Nebraska. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and I can't yeah, think of this okay. name for the life of me. The worst thing is, just because you gave me that, now I remember Blue Ruin. Okay. Not that I've seen it, but I remember it's, literally reading something where they said, oh, you'll know the person because they were one of the brothers from Nebraska. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who also was one of those Buzz from Home Alone. Um... Yeah, you know, in Blue Ruin, it's a metaphor for this car this dri- this guy drives around. It's just an old, beat-up, rusted-out piece of shit. 
And the movie starts out, he's sort of like, you, you think he's just sort of this homeless drifter guy. And to a point, he's, uh, he, he is. He's, he lives out of his car and stuff like that. But you, you tell us something different about him. You tell that he's, he's uh, uh, a little more intelligent. Um, you know, he keeps himself, you know, clean and fed and all this kind of stuff. But uh, one night a cop knocks on his window and makes him come with her back to the station. Basically, it's like, apparently we're learning now that the, the cops know that he's out there and stuff, but they know why. Apparently this guy, his parents were killed back wherever he used to live by this guy named Cleland, um, and Cleland's getting out of jail. And so when this happened, he just, he sort of abandoned his family, he couldn't deal with it, and that's how he ended up where he ended up. But now that Cleland's getting out of jail, now this is going to become a revenge flick. And basically the next two-thirds of the film is him going after Cleland and his family. Um, you know, I, I won't spoil it. It, it, is, it is a pretty... It, it's a low-budget thing, but it's just shot so well and it's it's not one of these like flicks that's like bogged down by any Hollywood cliche stuff this is just this is a film about a dude who is going to get some vengeance for his parents and it, it, you're never really necessarily rooting for him or, or against him because you don't know a lot about him but it, it's fascinating the way he portrays this character in that he's, you know, he he doesn't really know how to use a gun. He doesn't like it doesn't, but but somehow he he, like when he goes to his sister's house and and forces her to get out because he knows that Cleland's Cleland's family is going to come after her too and stuff like that. And he's he's sort of setting these little traps and stuff for them. It's like he's intelligent, but he's not intelligent. He's he's out of his depth mm-hmm. per se. But he's intelligent enough to like survive through part of this ordeal. Um, it, it's a really cool flick. Um, very minimalist, very low budget. Uh, it, it, it is. It's dark. It's depressing. Um, it's it's a tragic story. Um, and Eve Plum is in this. Holy shit! <laughs> a very small role, but. Yes, there has been a Jan Brady. I was going to say, did you recognize her as Eve? No, Plum? well, I, I, you know what? Until afterwards, I remembered them saying that she was in it, um, but then afterwards, I had to go back. Which one was Eve Plum? I'm like, oh, Jan Brady's aged. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> um, no, this is this is definitely one of those ones you you want to check out. It's only like ninety minutes. Hmm. Um, I, it, it's a good four out of five. Cool. Yeah, it, it, it's a pretty Again, solid, low-budget revenge. to the indie film. Yeah, low-budget thriller revenge flick. Um, definitely, uh, like I said, it doesn't get caught up in any kind of Hollywood cliche stuff here. This is just, it's what you see is what you get up there. And it's just some dude who's going to get some vengeance, that's all. Cool, I'm down. <sighs> Alright, well the next one we'll discuss is Draft Day, another movie that... We saw, in fact, this was the movie we saw the last time we were going to podcast, yeah. and literally we're looking at it and saying, this is not the kind of film that our fan wants us to discuss yeah. in the podcast. <laughs> right. So, 
Draft day is basically one day in the life, one particular draft day in the life of the Cleveland Browns GM as he sits on, was it the sixth pick or seventh pick? Which is interesting because that's typically about where Cleveland seems to draft every year. I think it was, actually, I think it was eight. Was it eight? I think so. All right. So, it's the GM played by Kevin Costner, uh, and it's literally just one day. Um, and it's draft day. It, it is draft day, and it, basically, it is one big advertisement for the NFL for the NFL draft day in particular, because the NFL knows that's a huge event. Mm. However, it is the most fictionalized draft day you will mm-hmm. ever see. They they give you the idea around the draft and the idea with trading picks and stuff is fascinating. But what this movie missed, uh, you look at movies that have done that kind of, that bit of the sports world right, like Moneyball. Moneyball had the potential to be a piece of shit film that would have been so uninteresting. Right. But the way they went about it, Moneyball was a very, very well done and fascinating film to watch. And it made, it made some interesting story about things that would be typically boring. Right. Draft Day added a whole bunch of unnecessary elements to the film that it bogged it down so much that you just forgot the interesting part about the draft. Like the father that he'd had to fire who'd been the coach of Cleveland for years. Like the the uh, the relationship he's having with Jennifer Garner, who's 20 years his junior, who's... What was her role? She was the capologist, right? Yeah, she was... Uh, she, she was, was the salary cap girl, salary but it must have said three times in the movie that she can talk football any day. Right. You had the... You know you, what she never did? Talk, talk football. football. <laughs> no. It was just, no, I could talk football and look hot. She did look good in that movie. She looked good. Uh, then you had his mom, who just is just is angry that... Bitter old bitch. Yeah, that he's not paying the respect to, to his father... To the point where she wants to hold a funeral for him on draft day at the stadium. Which, if the father had been that much of football, there's no way in hell it would have been in his will. You know what you're going to do? Take time out of draft day to memorialize you me. got the you got Dennis Leary as the douchebag coach. Yeah, who thinks he knows more than everybody. Yeah, who was brought in from Dallas, who had won. You know what he was, though? He kind of had the John Gruden feel to it, where you don't know if he's that good a coach or he just inherited He was supposed to be the one, Why even though he Dallas was supposed to be Switzer. Right. Why do you leave Dallas for Cleveland? Yeah. In this case, they basically made it sound like it was a monetary thing. Then you had, uh, was it F. Murray Abraham? Was the owner? Who was no, the owner? No, it was... Uh, oh, oh, no, dude. it was Frank Langella. Frank Langella. Frank the douchebag owner. Clearly the, the Jerry Jones yeah. uh, it, or Dan Snyder. Right. This movie was such an attack on the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> <laughs> at any given moment. <laughs> Sunday call call you yet? Uh, not yet. What's he doing? Well, I'm sure he's going to call soon. Do I take Callahan? He's a winner. He is. I mean, that's the word, right? He's won everywhere he's been. They said the same thing about Ryan Leaf when he was the number two pick in 98. No one said that about Tom Brady when he went 199th. There's no such thing as a sure thing. At the end of the day, all that matters... Is what you think. Yeah, all these characters were just so preposterous and over the top. It, it just, you know, it, it, it's like, 
It was like if ESPN made a movie. Right. You know, it was just I was going to say, th- it reminds me of if you ever saw No Holds Barred, the, the original <laughs> World Wrestling Federation movie. It's that level of character writing where you're going, did you just take take every stereotype about that person, amp it up ten times just for the point? Then each of the, the, we only saw really three people going into the draft, right? Or four. Four. We saw the quarterback. The running back, the linebacker. Yeah. Three. That was it. That's true, three. And that was all we followed. So apparently there are only three people in this draft. Only three people we're talking about. Well, and the way they introduced a lot, like the coach, like the mother, uh, like the owner, all these people are set up. Pretty much everybody except for Costner and Garner in this thing are complete douchebags. Totally. Complete assholes. But in the end, they all sort of like, they try to like wrap it up and give them these, this redemptive ending. All of a sudden the mother's like, oh, oh dear. And this kind of stuff. And the coach, he's like, you're the one who can take this, this team to the next level. An hour and a half ago, you said (laughs) that the only reason he even won a championship in Dallas is because he was handed a team to begin with. Then he drove it into the ground. The, the, The owner... Who, who was, was going all to... pissed off. I, I don't care. You know, it turned out great for you. You still fire that guy because right. he did it to begin with. You, then you, you get the were... Seattle douchebags. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, then there's Seattle who, if you ever have a GM do what happened in Seattle in this movie, you fire his ass instantly. Yeah. It's not even up for discussion. And, that, and that's the problem with this movie is... The draft pieces were fascinating, and it was basically one advertisement for the draft. However, they gave you drafting if you're playing a Madden game. The most ridiculous draft ever. The the most ridiculous trades, they pull off, seal it up (laughs) in a nice bow, everybody's happy again, end of movie. It was frustrating because it could have been fun. It could have been a great little vision. Instead, it felt like I was watching a commercial for ESPN's draft day coverage. And we get it, Costner. You're the sports guy. Right. Oh, yeah. You, you he couldn't make it do another an sports athlete, movie. So you're just going to keep making sports movies. Doesn't need to do another sports film. No. Doesn't. Don't need it. No. This, this, this movie was just dumb. Yeah. 1.5 out of yeah. 5. It, yeah. it, I'll give the point five because some of the overhead shots of the stadium, yeah. there was I mean, some was... great camera work around the stadium. And you realize how majestic a lot of these mm-hmm. uh, these stadiums are. Then the movie happened. Well, then, so. they, then they showed Buffalo. Right. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> showed the Ralph. Not, not exactly the postcard stadium. Uh, yeah. So, another movie I caught. Another one that's that's getting a lot of positive buzz. Only Lovers Left Alive. Did you get my message? I think I might have. I had a dream. Oh, how cool it worked. There's your spooky action at a distance. Yeah, well, spooky action anyway. What are you guys talking about? You do know that it's very bad luck to cross a threshold without being invited. Are you still afraid of garlic? I'm not talking about myths here, Ava. You know, it's also bad luck to listen to someone's private music without invitation. Oh my God, I love it, Adam. It's totally brilliant. Can I get a download? No. So... You just passing through Detroit? Yeah. No, I mean, I came to see you. I've been living in L.A. Great. Zombie Central. 
Are you alone? No. I'm here with you guys. <laughs> Fuck. Well, you can't stay here. Adam. No fucking way, not after the last time. Adam, it's been 87 years. What? When? Are you still upset about the Paris thing? Um, it's a vampire flick. I'll say that straight up. But this isn't... This isn't your cliched... This has flick. somebody... This has Tilda Swinton. And trust me, she looks extremely Tilda Swinton-y <laughs> throughout this flick. Imagine... <laughs> You know, Tilda Swinton, who who, who better to that, play a vampire than Maybe Tilda that's Swinton. the adverb we need to patent right there, dude. We need to trademark She's looking, Tilda Swinton. <laughs> She's looking very Tilda Swinton y. Um, Tom Hiddleston. That's who I was trying to think uh, of. Plays her lover in this. And, uh, oh, fuck, the, John Hurt is is all, also in this. And uh, um, Anton Yelkin is in this. And Mia Wasikowski? Is that how she says it? I don't know. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Um, lovely, uh, not Lovely Bones Girl. That was Cherche Ronan. That was Cherche Ronan. Uh, uh, Alice in Wonderland. Okay, yeah. Didn't see it. Um, this movie was... It, this is one of those flicks that makes me a movie fan. Um, it, it, this is the type of movie that... Not everybody is going to like because it's very deliberate. It's a very slow burn. But if you sit there and you can admire the performances and you can admire, admire the cinematography of it, this was absolutely fascinating to me. It's, it, it is, I think it's the best film I've seen this year so far. Really? Um, now, again, you know, Captain America was great. But that we're talking apples and oranges when we yeah, talk uh, about uh, Captain America. Um, from from the type of movie that will end up on my top twenty five list at the end of the year, this is the type of movie that that sort of uh, finds its way to that spot. You basically have these two vampires that have been alive for centuries, and they've been lovers for centuries, but they don't live with each other right now. Hiddleston is an underground musician in Detroit, and he is in the outskirts of Detroit, and they portray Detroit as just this dark, desolate, gloomy place, which... You know, which so, they, they got it right. They got it right. But, but uh, he, he, is, he has become completely disgusted with humanity as it exists today. He says, you know, the society is crumbling and, and, and that's what he lived in. And he does this through his, his music. They call the humans zombies, which is like a metaphor, I guess, for like, you know, uh, I don't know what's a metaphor for. They call them the zombies. I had, I had a thought there and I lost it. Um, Anton Yelkin keeps coming to Hiddleston's house to give him new, um, instruments, guitars, things like that, because he's just a big music guy. But he's all depressed, and he just sort of wallows in his misery and stuff. He he goes to the local hospital, uh, and he has a guy he pays off there to give him O negative blood, and that's how he is. These aren't vampires in the in the sense of that they go around eating people and 
you know, there's no there's no garlic and, and mirror tricks and stuff in, in this type of thing. Every once in a while, they'll make some sort of little reference to stuff like that, but it's really off the cuff, on the side. This is the the typical vampire tropes do not exist here. Um, and he decides he he does like a a little Skype session, I guess you will, with Tilda Swinton, who lives in Tangier, Morocco. Um, and they decide that they need to see each other, need to hook up, so she flies to Detroit, and it's really just about their relationship. And then her little sister, who is Mia Wasikowski, shows up, and shes you can tell she's the young vampire. It's not really her sister by blood. She's mm-hmm. just, you know, it's all part of the family kind of thing. And she's just, you know, this wild child um, who just causes trouble, and Hiddleston just can't stand her and shit. They finally end up throwing her ass out. Um, and then they, uh, Anton Yelkin, spoiler alert, uh, Ava, who is Wasikowski's character, Gets uh, out of control one night and and drains him, kills him. Doesn't uh, doesn't turn him, kills him. So they feel like that they dump the body, they kick her out, and they move to Tangiers or they go to Tangiers to get away from the stuff. He wants to get away from these these rocker kids who have figured out that he lives in this outskirts stuff because his music is extremely popular, but he wants no limelight whatsoever. Um, just the whole thing is shot so well. It's shot almost in a in a drive type thing, or mm-hmm. it's very uh, Nicholas Winding Ruffin feeling to a lot of it. Um, and Hiddleston and Swinton are absolutely fantastic. The, the casting, uh, the uh, the chemistry that they have together, um, it's just fantastic. Um, in both locations, in Tangiers and in Detroit, are both. Both used as part of the effect of, of these people are just sort of depressed and, and, and just living in this, this culture. They're very, very romantic vampires. They, they spend a lot of time dwelling on how it used to be back in the day and stuff. If you can, if you can deal with the slow burn and the, and the performances and the visuals of this movie, it's awesome. You know, there's not a lot of action happening here. But uh, it's an easy four and a half out of five. Holy shit. Yeah, it, it's it's really, really good. And I found myself, early on I found myself getting a little fidgety. I just watched Blue Ruin. I'm like sitting there. And the more I'm watching it, the more I'm watching it, the more I'm just appreciating it more as I'm watching it. And then it, the, the, last, the last scene is awesome because it's just sort of, it, it drives them to sort of do things that aren't normal for them to do. Mm-hmm. So, I definitely highly recommend it. Cool. I can see this easily finding its way to my top 25 of the year. Don't know where it'll land, but... It, right. it, since it's firmly planted at number one today, I'd say that it, it's unlikely it will fall. I, I, it's unlikely I will see 25 more movies this year that I find better than this one. Alright. Well, then next up, we'll roll out Cheap Thrills. Cheap Thrills. Uh, which, it's basically about a uh, guy who's a auto mechanic. He's got a wife who just had a kid. He's got this shitty job. And if I remember, he lost it, right? He lost gets laid the job. off. 
And he has no money. He's desperate. He finds out this. Yeah, he comes. Yeah, he finds the eviction notice on the door. They have a week, and it just looks like, and like everything's falling apart. He meets a, a a former buddy of his out for a night of drinking. The former buddy is basically the opposite of what he is. He's the the drug pounding, just total asshole criminal type. Mm-hmm. And while they're there, they're Approached by a rich couple to come and sit and have a few drinks. And the rich couple... Oh, this one, it's the girl, Sarah Paxson, it's her yeah. birthday. Oh, uh, that's right. They're out celebrating the birthday. I was her husband, David Keckner, mm-hmm. who, this was a very tolerable Keckner. I know, was he wasn't, Kechner. he was not all David Keckner-y. No, but, it, but he was still <laughs> Keckner. Yes. But there, but there was enough taken off that, that he worked here. And... Basically, what this married couple do is they give them random little bets to try. And, and they, they make good. Every time one of them goes through one of these dares, mm-hmm. they get paid. And the, the sums become very handsome sums. Well, yeah. It, it's simple, simple stuff. For people right that off, are poor. Right. Simple stuff right off, off the get-go. It's like, uh, slam three shots in five seconds. Yeah. Yeah, then it becomes, see that, see that hot waitress over there? Go grab her Go ass. grab her ass. Yeah. And I want you to go uh, go say something to her that will make you to make her slap you. Yeah. And it just starts escalating to, I dare you to piss on your buddy. Go yeah. piss on him. And yeah. and place is bullshit, Vince. This place is fucking awesome. No touching. Come on. Tell you what, I'll give you two hundred dollars. Whoever touches that stripper's ass with a slap. Oh, come on. 200 bucks. Yeah. No, don't. No. Catching up with you. Nice meeting you guys, but I really, I gotta get Come home. Come on, Craig. Are you kidding me, Craig? Come on. Hey, asshole. What are you doing? What's up? You don't want to hit one of our girls? No, I didn't do it. It wasn't me. I swear to God. <laughs> you lying piece of shit. I'll fuck you up. Craig, 500 bucks if you hit him first. But then they go home with the guys, and things start escalating. Yeah. They put themselves in a spot where they how, have things how escalate. How desperate are you for money, and what will you What links will you yeah. go to? And it was a very interesting, albeit far-fetched, take Some on it, what people yeah. will give. Now, I will say this. I'm saying it's far-fetched. But I guarantee if somebody had no money, if yep. they had no hope, and you offered them 25 grand to take and cut their own pinky off, there are people out there that wouldn't think twice. Right. They'd do it. Me, no. I'm too much of a pussy. That pain ain't worth it. No. It's just not worth it. And you could tell me that I'd go into shock or my mind would cut it. Don't matter. I no. couldn't do it. It does get to that level. 
But it ends up being a rather fascinating take. Mm -hmm. Now, there is the undertone at times, for some at least, of the, the this is just white white douchebag, the, the rich white douchebag, yeah. just doing whatever they want because they have the money to allow them to do it. And certainly there, and that there they're is that they're preying on the poor, yep. you know, using There's, the poor as, as their own little enjoyment. Absolutely. It's that, there. It's a metaphor for yep. that, sir. It, it, it's certainly there. However, if you can get by that, this movie is kind of fascinating. It, it's, you, it, it's advertised in dark comedy. And I'm going to stop short of saying it's a comedy. There are some ludicrous things that they do. Yeah. But early on, once the dares start happening, you would know, you have no doubt in your mind that this ain't going to stay comedy. That things are going to get very dark. And there are certainly some scenes that I think will be rough for some people. Mm -hmm. There, there are some graphic scenes. There's some flat-out gross scenes. Mm -hmm. And But if you can deal with it, I actually think this movie, there was something there to it. Oh, I think so, too. I, I, I really found myself digging it. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it was certainly entertaining. Very low budget. Oh, God, yeah. They, they, this thing cost them next to money, uh, next to nothing to shoot. And it, it's, it is a very... Very different movie. I don't know I've seen much like that out there. Right. Um, it, I could certainly recommend it. I'd put it a good 3.5 out of 5. Yeah, I'm good with that. It, it's Again, don't buy into the comedy aspect. There are some scenes that are funny. But yeah. real... I'd say about halfway through, the funny starts to yeah, stop. it just gets a little more dark and disturbing. Like I said, it, it, there is the, certainly the, the air of, you know... Evil, rich, whitey, preying on the poor thing here. I choose to more just look at the social experiment piece of this. Like, mm -hmm. how, what lengths do desperate people have to go to to get what they need? Right. So, yeah. And, and if you can go in watching it that way, well, we're seeing. Right. Uh, we should pause here, and then we will come back and talk about a film that won't be achieving a three and a half out of five. <laughs> Uh, or will it? Or will it? No, it won't. The Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man 2. So, hold on. Every day, I wake up knowing that the more people I try to save, the more enemies I will make. And it's just a matter of time. Before I face those with more power than I can overcome. I'm so sorry, I'm late. I had a traffic thing. Did your traffic jam have anything to do with being, I don't know, shot at by machine guns? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was implying. That was implying that. Agent <laughs> Park. There he is, boy. You're gonna wanna see us. Oscorp. Get you under surveillance. Why isn't that the question of the day? There's something you're not telling me yet, mate. I once told you that secrets have a cost. The truth does too. My name is Richard Parker. I have discovered what Oscorp was going to use my research for. I have a responsibility to protect the world from what I know they're capable of. The 
future. We literally can change the world. Uh, it was, you know what was interesting? We got a front row view of the bearded lady sideshow. We did. They, they brought all of them out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you noticed that one of their handlers, even to me, looks... The first one, the, the one oh, that yeah. brought them... Yeah. She looks like she should be being handled. <laughs> There's yeah. something a little off on There's her, too. There's something a lot off on her. Because there, there was her, there was... The dude. The dude. And, and the younger the, girl. The younger girl who was wearing, like, who, a fire or rescue <laughs> jacket and looked like know. she flat out had nothing for like, doing like this. Like this was going to be her last day at the work. Yeah. <laughs> Like, oh, this is not good. But we literally were within inches of greatness. (laughs) Greatness? I don't know what they soak that old lady in. Oh, dude. There is some (laughs) funk. I I don't think it's rocked. (laughs) It could be. It could just be that it's slowly overtaking her. It is nice that they finally decided to shave her beard, though. This is true. So now at least she looks like an old lady? (laughs) Instead of just an old something? Doesn't look so much like Splinter from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? (laughs) Then we have wheelchair-bound Yao Ming is one of them. The the seven-foot-tall Chinese guy... (laughs) And the, the twins. Uh, dude, I don't know what was up with them. But yeah. one barked or growled or something in the middle of the movie. Admittedly, way more entertaining than anything on the screen at that point. <laughs> Absolutely. But I kept waiting. I, I was waiting for something bad to happen. I really thought. Because at one point, Creepy Handler looked at formerly bearded lady yeah. and said, do you want to leave or what? That was right when the movie started. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It was early. And that, right. Oh, okay. This could be entertaining. That was a twitchy person, too. She, oh, yeah. she just... Her, the head was more facing the floor than the screen. Well, you wonder, uh, are these people getting anything out of this? I mean, are they... They don't look I'll put it this way. They didn't get any more or less out of this than we did. <laughs> so let's go. Let's make that clear. <laughs> I just, I don't know what, I, I don't, they don't look of sound mind or body. <laughs> they, they, they're not of sound mind or body. <laughs> so I don't know what plopping them down in There's front no of deceiving look here. <laughs> what you got, what you saw is what you got. Is this just a thing? Is this just a, a, a case of the handlers are like, oh, we get out of. We can get out of something for two and a half hours. Let's just take them there. Let's just do it. Yeah. And, and the amount of food that the handlers drop on these people so they don't have to deal with it. I mean, they came back. They had to have dropped 60 bucks on drop. God, it was awesome. And we, now I need something explained to me. And I'm sure there's a real reason. Walkers. Why are there handbrakes on walkers? Is it because they're afraid that the walkers can be moving faster than the people are and the oh, things going to so. slide I, forward and just drop them yeah, face first? I think, I think there's something to it. It always kills me to see handbrakes on walkers. Yeah, it, it, I, I it know, starts to so a little odd. bell. <laughs> Coming through. Oh, they wouldn't have been able to utter that, I don't think. Anyway, and then the movie the, Yeah, yeah. Amazing yeah. Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Amazing is a bit of an oxymoron here. Uh, yeah. We were not fans of the first Amazing Spider-Man. No. <laughs> uh, 
Um, no, I, but I didn't. I, I'd hoped that I wouldn't let that cloud my judgment on this one, and that I would give this a fair shake. And I felt I have. Uh, yeah, everything that didn't work in the first Amazing Spider-Man, they just throw into this movie tenfold. Yeah. Yeah, the the, the the leaps of faith, the, leaps of faith the plot the holes are just stupid. Well, it, there's a point there where it just gets preposterous. I'll start out with what I thought was good about the movie, because it won't take as long. I thought that Garfield and Stone have great chemistry together. It, it's quite obvious those two are dating because they feel way I comfortable with each other. I no issue with Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. I had no issue with Gwen Stacy. Uh, I do have one Stacey. issue with Andrew Garfield. What's that? That fucking hair. Jesus Christ. Is he trying to rip off One Direction's looks or something? It's <laughs> just painful. I keep saying there's no way you have that head of hair and you're wearing the Spidey suit. It ain't happening. There's too much lift. He's got to have like eight <laughs> pounds of, of product in his hair. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I, I have no, I have no issue with the the casting choices of of the main, the two no, main characters. They're, they're fine, and and we are going to get spoilery here. And and I think I think with their chemistry together on there, it it kind of saved that climactic moment. Yeah. And gave that a little bit more... Uh, legitimacy, almost. Legitimacy, yeah. A- absolutely. Um, that's really where <laughs> I'm going to stop with what, yeah. about what was good about it. Because it's so easy to take that and then say... But then in the movie, they had this whole... Uh, it played out a lot of how they're breaking up because they can, she can't deal with the fact that he can't deal with... And it was so un- it's it's so it's- back and forth. Right. It's, are they dating? Or at are you no not point dating? did you ever look at it and say, "Yeah, they're broken up," because you're like, no. "They're not." There's nothing. It was the most pointless plot line to throw in because they didn't do anything with it. They didn't follow through with it. It was just thrown on. It's thrown on there so that so that they could get their money out of Dennis Leary. Yeah. <laughs> For the same shot being used yes. eighteen times. Yes. Him standing with the cop car with, with, with the, the stern side, look, you know, it's like slightly turned yeah. with his head to the right, so it was kind of profile, but very Dennis Leary. Yes. Um. Yeah, they they also threw way too many plot lines into this movie. Especially since they didn't go anywhere with any of them. Essentially, no. Jamie Foxx did not work as a nerd. No. At all. That no. was just stupid. I literally felt like I was watching an in-living color routine when yeah. they were throwing that out. <laughs> no, no. I'm like, this, come on. I'm Max, and nobody sees me. Basically, we, we've got a villain designed by his... The, basically, he was created from low self-esteem. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so, they see me, and then they see nobody, me. Nobody, nobody likes me. Nobody's my friend. And how quickly did... And then then yeah, he becomes Superman, uh, Spider-Man's greatest fan, and then he suddenly hates him. <laughs> yeah. Why, why all of a sudden is this about that I must take down Spider-Man? I, I, yeah. <laughs> what? That, that happened in a blink of an eye. Yeah. Uh, Just because Dane DeHaan told you to. Right. <laughs> I'll be your friend. <laughs> it was... Well, and maybe they're, maybe they're saying, well, the Spider-Man thing happened because Spider-Man stopped him in Times Square. 
But he was actually calling for people to stop him because he kept escalating. Yeah. You know what it was? He was, to me, the worst kind of villain. He was the villain you see in comedies, the bumbling villain, yeah. who at no point means to be doing anything, but is doing it just the same. Well, here's a question I have, because you brought up Times Square there, and I saw this at least three or four times in this movie, and I've seen it in other movies too, but what has to be going on in your immediate environment before you say to yourself or whoever you're with, maybe we shouldn't be here. Yeah. <laughs> maybe everything is exploding and falling <laughs> no. apart. Well, but we're going to stay here. I'm going to take, take a step back. <laughs> maybe the creepy dude wearing the hood but with the all blue glowing face and hands. <laughs> right. Let's not hang right with this guy. Right. It, the dude who just opened the grate and is grabbing the power cables. I think I'm standing at least 50 feet away from this guy. Right. I ain't going anywhere near this fuckhead. And then once shit really gets real and shit starts exploding. Oh, I'm out of there. Down, why are you standing there? Especially like with the, the little kid, with kids. and What do they think? It's like, oh, we're in New York. Oh, look at this. They have streetmosphere. Let's go yeah. But you know what's oh. even better? They showed so much destruction in Times Square, and not once did they reference it again. If you remember right, when he became, it really became Electro. Yeah. They showed buildings collapsing. Yeah. And not once did they bring up the fact that that happened ever again. Right. They didn't talk about death toll from it. Well, let's think, let's about, let's just think, about, think about him becoming Electro. All right. It's, it's a superhero <laughs> flick. It's a comic book flick. It's a Spider-Man comic book flick, which always has a little bit more camp to it. Yeah, anyway. and oh, believe so, me, they play the camp up in this well, one. Well, like I said... I was camped out on the first chase sequence. If, if I can if I can think Jack Nicholson can fall into some vat of goo yeah. and become the Joker, I guess I have to believe Oh, that, but can that, you with this one? <laughs> that, that Jamie Foxx can can fall, fall many stories into a, a pool of electric eels. But, but let's back up. <laughs> First, he goes in and is left by B.J. Novak to be the guy to repair a power interruption. So he goes and finds it, and it's a cable that's four to five inches thick that literally looks like to somebody disconnected to to, uh, extension cords. They just randomly pop apart. So he's got to go ahead and fix it. And it's dangerously over a pool of electric eels. This is the setup, literally, of a Christmas episode of South Park where Kenny has to fix a wire break over a shark tank. It was the same fucking thing. Oh my god, they killed they killed Jamie Foxx. They killed oh Max Dillon. Yes. It was so awful. Oh, God. So, so we have Electro created, I guess. Poof. Electro kept also becoming well, what, it, Dr. What, Manhattan because yeah. he kept doing the fade in and out that Manhattan at, did. Well, at what point did he become just glowing blue guy in hood to dude who can sort of evaporate into an electric current and fly. It, it took no practice whatsoever. No. He Speaking made the of no practice. Before I forget, let's get on to Green Goblin. Oh, dude. It was never referenced no. as Green Goblin. No, well, Hobgoblin. Did they even reference that? I never heard it. No, but they... they 
The only reason I'm saying Hobgoblin is that, to my knowledge, is who Harry becomes. Whatever. We still... We still... But, yeah. He no instantly... The first time he uses the freaking goblin Well, first thing, of all, where did the goblin suit come from? And he just like, oh, I need to get... Well, the goblin suit. suit was amongst all those suits okay. in the basement. Oh, whatever. But, which, conveniently, he fell in front of and okay, crawled right. over. Yeah, because he, he found out that whatever killed his father... Chris Cooper. Some rhino virus thing. Yeah, some some virus thing was also is genetic and was going to kill him too. Apparently at a far younger age, because all of a sudden, oh yeah, uh, is it Harry? It's like Harry's hey, going from perfectly fine to like on his deathbed. Yeah. And and I love week. how he gets the announcement <laughs> that the, he, his father breaks to him. Oh, and you're at that age. And it was like the next night. He feels an itch. Yeah. And he's got this green rash on the side of his neck yeah. that's got to be four inches long. Right. It's like, Jesus Christ, at no point did your father have any signs like this yeah. show up. He, yeah. They showed him with a hand twitch. That's right. what he had. So, but he thinks because, um, well, they, they show in the beginning them killing all the radioactive spiders. Which I'm not sure I understand why they were killing all the radioactive spiders. Mm. But, whatever. He, you know, um, Harry puts together that, like, well, the Spider-Man got bit by one of these. Mm -hmm. And he's, like, this immortal now. So if I get this venom in me, I can be immortal, too. Was basically his angle. Here. Yeah. Then he finds out um, that they... While they killed the spiders, they had extracted the venom from the spiders, and they were still. And, and who told him that? Who knew about this? The secretary. The secretary. <laughs> who overheard a conversation. Yes. And deduced. And she memorized that conversation. Yes. Word for fucking word. To the point that she knew they kept it in the greatest name of a, of a folder ever. Special Projects. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when I was hiding a copy of Risk in the old Central Station, and what did I call that disc? Risk Management. <laughs> I'm like, special projects? Are you kidding me? So, but this is the same Oscorp right. <laughs> that has Gwen Stacy as the senior. Yeah. Able to go senior through... Senior in high school. <laughs> able to go through payroll to figure out everybody who's the employees yeah. <laughs> and know... All the routing of the electric system in there. It was she memorized because she, she knew how to operate the master switch. The master grid Which was named city. Master Switch. <laughs> right. I'm half surprised Oscorp just isn't called Acme. Oh my god, dude. For, I've never seen a building that's got the most... There's such an elaborate security system and video. They love showing the entryway with the, the, mm -hmm. the constant projection of some chick giving the status of Oscorp. And yet, there's no security whatsoever when people need to do something. Right. It's off... The way they turn on and off security in Oscorp is insane. It's a light switch. They just roll it out. Oh, you're busted. Now we're shutting down everything. But then people can well, break even, in whatever. Even the uh, intro to Electro in Times Square there, Peter gets the old spider sense tingling, which mm -hmm. in the movie is just is is basically just you know a piano key. Yep. And then he turns. <laughs> okay, they are miles from Times Times Square. Mm -hmm. You know, at least at least three miles from Times Square. Easy. He can get there, Spider-Man stuff, and then you have the you have the cop there that's radioing for help. Within literally 
seconds of that cop radioing help, there are 40 cop cars. Yep. Times Square is cordoned off. Yep. And everybody's standing behind barricades. It's because there's no cars in And somehow, Gwen Stacy shows up. It <laughs> fights through the front row of the yeah. guardrail. <laughs> <laughs> the guardrail within within like a minute. Yeah. No, it, I, I can see that happen. I, I, it's so they easy are, to get around they are, Manhattan. They are trying to cram so much shit into this movie that they the, there's no explanation for how things are happening. Do it, we? And it's just like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, she'd be there. Yeah. Yeah. No yeah. Or, or they flat out hope that you won't ever even consider how the right. fuck she managed it. Right. Do do they ever even discuss the whole plutonium chase at the beginning of the movie? What the whole point of that even was? Um, just to introduce you to... To, to Rhino! Who, 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 you know what? Until they pulled him out at the very end... I had end, no idea that was I had was no him. idea that was Giamatti. No. I, I will say I had no clue. And I was I, and, and I was afraid there, I was going to sound thinking, stupid like, by I'm saying that. I'm looking at my... You know, I don't have, really have a watch, but, you know, metaphorically, I'm looking at my watch like, isn't Giamatti supposed to be yeah. this Because it I looks like it's about over. And I kept hearing, well, he's <laughs> in it for like ten minutes and going, yeah. really? Then well, I don't know. in that first scene. Yeah. It ju- I just had no idea that was him. Right. And the Rhino was just... That was just that was awful, dumb. and and the way they even played it out. Okay, it, so you're Obadiah Stain, basically, and apparently they fight, and oh, they begin to fight end credit. Right. So, are they hoping that what they gave me is going to make me want to go see a third movie with this group? Because it ain't, <laughs> dude. I. Anyway, let's let's back up, back up. Well, go ahead. You, you got something. So let's go back to learning abilities. So Electro, okay. yeah, who's really only used his abilities truly once in the Times Square thing when he was playing the little kid stumbling through shit, is freed. Man, they they get into Oscorp. And really, so this is his first time where he's acknowledging he's now Electro. And somehow he now knows how to travel through the electrical current. Because okay. they did that great thing where well, they flip ex- open the frickin'... Let's explain why he's back at Oscorp. Well, because we have Harry, Harry right. who's been, who becomes the, the one but running Oscorp. He was blackmailed out of Os- Oscorp. But now, let, let's deal with this, though. Okay. His first thing he does while he's sitting at the boardroom table is he names Felicity, the secretary, all their bosses. Yeah. So why wouldn't she have had the power of veto on everything they said? I don't, I, I don't know. Would she not have, though? Literally, she watches them come in and well, fire they don't, his they ass. Don't play, well, yeah, they don't... They don't they don't, <laughs> they don't do anything angle. with it. They don't. It's, yeah, it literally was a throw-off statement. Yeah. She's now. You're now all answering to her. Great. They never touch it again. Never right. do. The only thing they ever do with her again in the entire movie is when she admits that when she was the secretary, she overheard a conversation and reiterated yeah. verbatim as to where this venom was being hidden. Yeah. That's the only other thing she plays out. It was so horrible. Right. But anyway, so he gets fired by by the dickhead guys, the dickhead 
lawyer guys or whatever Which, there. Apparently but we the don't entire really board. know what his, yeah, no, we don't the, even know what the his whole motivation was, was for doing that. They just fire his ass. And then we get one of the another worst trope of mine ever. And that's that dude goes to a prison or wherever with no fighting, no military training whatsoever. There's two huge security guards armed to the fucking tooth. <laughs> and he catches both by surprise, manages to take one of them's stunt, uh, the zapper thing, taser, tases one guy, flops around, fucks the other one up, and beats them both and takes both their security mm-hmm. guards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At what point will prisons and insane asylums ever get real help? Because they're so easily subdued. And then he does something that also drives me nuts. And that's the, if I pull a fire alarm, everybody leaves the building. Right. Despite the fact that we've got insane super criminals in here, we're just going to evacuate the goddamn place so person can go right up to Electro and free his ass without resistance. Who is being sedated, apparently. And water. Yeah. I'm not under- sure I understand this water thing. Right, no, I don't either. Because last I knew, water conducted electricity. Yeah. Well, uh, how about how about early on when, when I don't know, I don't know what, how much more cliche German guy you can get, like, we have Vans oh, making your stuff. Dr. Klitschko? Klitschko? That was awful, dude. Well, when I'm sitting there, it's like, you're torturing him. <laughs> With electricity. <laughs> yeah. That makes no sense. You're like electrocuting him. How is that even hurting him? <laughs> I, I had no clue doesn't, where we Doesn't that make him this. stronger? I honestly had no idea where they were going with that one. I, I didn't get it. And I kept thinking, well, maybe they're going to explain this. No, no. they don't. Why would they explain it? <laughs> I, I thought the biggest tragedy, the, the biggest torture in that scene was the awful German accent. It was <laughs> brutal. We have ways of making you talk. <laughs> I mean, that was so... Tell me about your mother. <laughs> I'm like, dude, what the hell are you? So, <clears throat> so anyway. So, Hobgoblin easily is, maneuvers his way in there to, to have a face-to-face with with uh, Electro. Yeah. It's, and it's, but at this point, he's not quite Hobgoblin yet. He, no, he, no, no, right, right. He right. wants to free... Correct. The free electro, and his payment is, look, I free you, you get what you need, which is to get free, so you can go deal with Spider-Man. Yeah. Again, we're not sure why at this point he's supposed to dislike Spider-Man, because he, he was the biggest fan of Spider-Man before them. Right. But in return, you get me back in Oscorp, because right. the secretary has told me, she's overheard this whole conversation, and I now know right. where that where that spider blood because venom is. Because the secretary wouldn't help you back into Oscorp. Yeah, no, right? she can't do that. <laughs> so, I need Electro going like And so, up. Electro's all, all trying to be all badass now, you know, it's like, why would I help you, and all this kind of stuff. And <clears throat> you say... Because I need you. Right. You know, or, or is it, <laughs> you need me? And then we, and then we like, have that awful scene yes. where it's like, you got a bro hug now or what? No, no. <laughs> like they're buddies out. Like I said, Electro is, is his whole motivation is just, he's got poor self-esteem. Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> it's just, yeah, and somehow he, he learned to just like turn into an electrical wisp and Ride through cables and and I, whatever. So, 
So they they get what they're looking for. Well, let's so they get into Oscorp, and we have the scene that we've mentioned where all of a sudden he does know how to open up an electrical outlet and, and merge himself with the electrical power lines yeah. and travel throughout the city and shut all the power down. Harry finds his way, finds the special projects folder, right. Right. which plays out everything he's ever needed. Yeah. I'm sorry. He found that first because that's how he knew about going to get Electro, right? Yeah. So now he goes back to and now has to get access to the basement yeah. where all these things are being kept, right. including everything that's a reference to Sinister Six. Mm-hmm. He gets down the basement. Takes the blood, and it goes wrong. Luckily, he's in front of the Hobgoblin or Green Goblin's gear, so right. he gets in, and everything he fits perfect. He can just perfect. get into the suit he's never seen before right. that fits and, perfect, and I know how to use all and of this. And he's in great shape. Yeah. Now cut back to Electro, who is in, I think, the stupidest-looking electric generator I've ever seen, because it was like a hundred... Towers of light bulbs? Well, they were these they tall were, things. They were like chimes because they could play. They tunes. played music. They played, and, uh, and, he played electrical music. Because they did the do, 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 do. Like, great, we get close encounters. <laughs> and then they went at even worse. Spider Man bounces off them and they make ping pong, pinball noises. <laughs> so, we got that going. <clears throat> Gwen convinces Peter slash Spider-Man that she's got to help because she's the only one who knows how to operate the the, the grid. grid. Even though all it was was flipping the master switch labeled master switch. (laughs) But she's the only one that knew that that master switch would be the master switch. (laughs) Unfortunately, to add drama to it, she couldn't find the key. Luckily, there's the corpse. (laughs) Of some dude on the floor who we didn't see die. But wait, I can buy that. Okay. okay. <laughs> Electro nuked him. And his hand is holding up the key. <laughs> so we have the cranes part two. No, I will see. I didn't think that it was the cranes. The cranes in this one were the planes. The planes. Okay. The cr- we, have the, we haven't gone there. So with the power outage... We get LaGuardia's flight control, who apparently have no uh, control tower, who apparently have no backup generator. Their power is driven by city power. Fortunately, that night, only two planes. Only two planes are coming into LaGuardia. (laughs) Now, I've been to LaGuardia, and this airport, at any given moment, has 83 planes going every which way, not even discussing the fact that JFK is 30 miles away, (laughs) and that literally is an airport that at any given moment has 50 flights going in and out. Right. But there's only two planes that we're tracking. Only two planes. But, oh no, they're on a literal collision course. (laughs) Yeah, right. And we get the, they're four and a half minutes. Yeah. I still haven't figured out how, how they that? know that. Yeah, because that radio that? is they're working. Like they're just like, write down everything you remember, everybody. Yeah. They're talking about, oh, well, they're here, they're here now. Yeah. They're doing quick math. <laughs> I got it. They're four and a half minutes yeah. apart. And what? <laughs> thankfully, the power gets restored because Gwen unlocks the master power switch. Here's what I'm also trying to understand. How much electricity can Peter pa- Peter Parker absorb? Yeah, no doubt. He was getting full-on lit up, bitch. 
Yeah, no doubt. And last I knew, Peter Power had uh, Peter Parker had superpowers, regenerative powers, but reflexes. At no yeah. point was it ever invulnerability. Right. In this movie, he should be flat out dead. Yes. That should have been the killing shot. Electro, literally, Peter Power was turning. Peter Parker was turning himself into the conduit for the electricity. Yeah. The electricity that was enough to kill the creature made of electricity. <laughs> yes, exactly. I don't understand. Yes, thanks to thanks to Gwen Stacy's eighth grade science class. Uh, right. Yes, <laughs> that's right. That's what helped the web shooters from not yes. prime. Did you magnetize it? No. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. You should have. You thought of everything else, Zipperhead, but not that. <laughs> no, no. Thankfully, electricity <laughs> gets turned back on because the master switch is thrown. Electro is destroyed. Well, if you consider the fact that he was a pretty damn easy villain to destroy, ultimately, he th- this villain really only had two scenes too, right? I'm not I'm not wrong about too that. Big. He had the Times Time Square, Square scene and, the and then the no, of course he did because because there's so much just extraneous bullshit thrown in here. How about the whole mom and dad thing? What was the they point of all that? Just oh, I miss my mom and dad. I don't know what happened. You know what happened? Nothing right. happened. It was the only thing they did with that was to relate Harry being dumped off by his father. Yeah. That was all it was in there for, and it was played out so poorly it didn't matter. And why are they such good buddies? They haven't seen each other in forever, and yeah. they were like six when they and were. Here's buddies. what I love: Harry's angry at him. Yeah. At first. Because it, you know, never reach out to me, and within thirty seconds of a conversation, they're hugging. Yeah, and then they're out chucking rocks together. Yeah. and then Harry suddenly deduces that Peter Parker, because he's seeing a photo that Peter Parker took, and I love how and this is a, this is a trope in Spider-Man lore. It drives me nuts. Some of these photos that Peter Parker takes of Spider-Man yeah. are physically impossible for him to take these photos at an, at the angle. It's full body shot, so he would literally have to shut up a camera to take these photos to get uh, credit for these things. In in that regard, I will say that, and I don't know I, if it was the Raimi films or if it was no, the comic I, books, I did say how that, they do that. I, I will say that it's a Spider-Man trope that they, they stumble on while they set things up and they yeah. do it, and, and he poses for them, he yeah. kind of plays up but I can't disconnect enough. I'm so angry at this movie by now. I'm looking at it going, really? That's the shot? And he looks at it, and not only does he deduce that Peter Parker must know Spider-Man, there's a part of him that's already starting to add up. No, they're actually one of the same. Well, <clears throat> all right. Let, 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 me just, let me go back and uh, Aunt May a little bit here. Oh. Sally Field's fine. No, no care. Sally Field's fine as Aunt May. But we've already come to the conclusion that Sally Field doesn't necessarily honor privacy. No. She'll go in and out of Peter's room at will. But not the closet. But not the closet for the past at least five or six months. (laughs) Where the Spider-Man suit's just sitting right there at the end. On the top. Yeah. And let's also, at times this movie's campiness was frustratingly campy. Because the scene in the beginning where she comes in and he's covered in chimney soot. Or as he put it, chimney soot. I was cleaning the chimney. Yeah. We don't have a chimney. Then she drops conversations. You're running late. Get downstairs. Yeah. What? <laughs> At what point do you not... Does his running late not get overridden by... What the fuck? 
is all over your face. Right. And then the whole rhino thing at the end. I'm like, what about this guy in this mechanical suit can't be wrapped up in a bunch of fucking spider webs and stuck to a wall? It was awful. Well, but at least... Oh, we didn't get to the damn kid. <laughs> That's where I was going to go. At least Rhino, who's tearing the city up, right. stops for Spider-Kid coming out. <laughs> and, and you know what? There was a part of me saying, is this some kind of nod to that old shot of Chinese dude in Red Square stopping the tank? Uh, They're not, they weren't trying to make some social commentary here, I right? Didn't, I didn't connect. Or, with, or, regardless, Rhino apparently just won't hurt kids. Well, that's just it. You know, the, the little kid who, who, spider, who was a fan of Spider-Man because when he was, uh, well, yeah, was Spider-Man saved, uh, saved his ass from being beat up by bullies. Right, right. And right, helped right. him with the wind turbine. Right, so he goes out there, the little kid, as stupid little kids do, with his little Spider-Man. Good thing the kid just happened to be there with his mom, wearing and bringing and his full Spider-Man, Spider-Man suit with him. <laughs> and and apparently, a- kid hasn't given up on the fact that Spider-Man's disappeared for six months. So, little kid is still holding out hope that Spider-Man well, is getting, still the, out there. The police have shit cordoned off. And, of course, the public is there yet, once again, just watching Rhino tear But they're watching apart. for adults, not little kid to go underneath the barricade. Right. right. The, the barricade and, and where he needed to be was a good 50 yards away. Yep. And not, not one of those 400 cops no. <laughs> saw him. Instead, they're like, oh, hold your fire. There's a kid out yeah, there. Kid but we're going to stay there. behind the cars now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then Spider-Man comes in, and Rhino... There's, there's time for a freaking heart to heart yeah. with the kid. And Rhino apparently just wants to throw it out with Spider-Man. So he's willing to let... To Ceasefire. I'm waiting for the whole thing with Spider-Man just, just putting up the finger like, you know, like yeah, this, uh, and Rhino going like... All right, yeah. <laughs> Come on. Time is money. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been a more dramatic scene if, if like, Rhino was going to, like, shoot the kid and all of a sudden Spider-Man... Spider-Man sweeps in and saves the Yes, thank you! No, they didn't. Isn't that what he's supposed to do? No. No, we just... Rhino... Rhino is really a good guy at heart, dude. This was Bat-Kid from San Francisco. (laughs) Thanks, little buddy. Go take care of your mom. Run along, you little scamp. (laughs) What the fuck? This is a one out of five, and I'm only giving it a one because of the because of Garfield and Stacy's <laughs> chemistry. That was it. <laughs> yeah, I, because 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 Emma Stone's hot. There's a half a point. And I will say, she looked damn hot in the Mary Jane outfit. Uh, mm-hmm. Mary Jane in the uh, Gwen Stacy outfit. That was the Gwen Stacy outfit that they said. That's not why she's wearing the outfit, but that was why she was wearing the outfit. I'm not sure that was that. Was that the outfit though? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Because yeah. it was coming. It was that the whole Oxford thing, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This movie was, was just awful, laughable. dude. Absolutely laughable. I, I, so we gonna go see the third one? <sighs> For our fan, we have might to. have to. But I, I honestly, I don't really know what the fuck people need to see to realize this is a bad effort. It really... I mean, You're throwing too much shit into this. We barely even covered the the Hobgoblin that really... And you know why? 
Because they gave us too much too soon. Right. It was we like were instantly. We boom. were introduced to Harry Osborne and his relationship with Peter Parker 15 minutes before he's the fucking hobgoblin. Right. And then boom, he's he's coming to do the worst thing ever to Peter Parker. It was awful. It was awful. And I'm not even sure that I thought, as much as I like, is it Dane? Dane, Dane, Dane Normally I like him. I don't know that I liked what he was given here for acting either. Uh, that, early on, I was like, are you trying to ham this thing up just a little bit? And I'm not talking when he became Hobgoblin. When he was first just acting yeah. like angry Harry, I yeah. was getting frustrated with his performance in this yeah. movie. Yeah, I thought he was bad. <laughs> yeah, Garfield and Stone are really... Where, the there's only saving reasons. Yeah, the only redeeming qualities from an acting perspective here. Uh, yeah, this was just... Well, I'm Dennis Leary because he nailed well, the stare. He nearly nailed the, the, the stare. Uh, I got nothing else yeah, to say about no, this. I, I'm on with you, dude. This is literally a one out of five. I don't ever, ever... Ever want to revisit it? And I'll throw this out there: the closest to revisiting the first film, it was the it was playing on one of our flights to Vegas, and I still didn't want to revisit that bitch. I remember nudging you, going, "Do you realize what movies on the overhead right now?" You're like, "Oh fuck that!" And we just were like, "No, no, no, not doing it." I don't even want this to show on a flight to Vegas. No, give me airplane, airport <laughs> movies. Give me oh, movies on plane out. crashes first. <laughs> Oh yeah, the plane crash. We didn't even. Oh, we did. Oh, they. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, turning a jumbo jet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, jumbo jets that are traveling. How fast those things go? Like six hundred oh, miles Christ, an hour. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah. Uh, a collision course <laughs> within less than like five hundred yards. They can flat out see every detail of the other plane coming yeah, right at yeah. them. <laughs> they- Apparently, you can turn those things on a dime these days. <laughs> and thankfully, they each banked in opposite directions yes. too. Thankfully, they both said, we better turn counterclockwise. Because those things, it would have been funny if they both turned and turned into each other. That would have been great. That would, as campy as this movie was, that's the way they should have gone. But again, it's an, it was just another unnecessary thing thrown into an yeah. over, already bloated movie. If, if Spider-Man's not coming to save the planes, then the planes mean nothing. Right. They're useless. It was That was their one way of making us go, oh... Because power's out, time is ticking. That. Fuck that. The two planes over New York. Yeah. Fuck that. Your wife's right, Sharknado 2 would have been better. Oh, Jesus. Oh, well. Let's hope that in two weeks we get a little bit better experience from Godzilla. Oh, I'm hoping. I Arguably the movie I'm most nerded up for this summer. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And that's when we will be back in two weeks. For Godzilla, we got to come out and figure out what, when to see that one though, because I think that weekend is going to be. So we fired a homie for you, right? Two there's weeks something prior, going, but, there, but there's shit happening. Uh, well, we'll figure it out. Whatever, we're going to see Godzilla. We'll, we'll we'll do a podcast after, right? Yeah, it may be one of those that we just have to grab the movie and then find time during the course yep. of the week to record. Yeah, we'll do it. Uh, anyway, that's it for now. Don't bother with amazing stuff. Yeah, don't. Too. It is, it is painfully below average. Don't right? rent it. Don't acknowledge its existence. <laughs> Go Google Emma Stone and Easy A. Yeah. That, that's where there you, you want to see that one. There you go. All right. That's it. Late. Late. <laughs>